This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Tuesday, November 12th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. California ag value at $264 billion. Farm profits sliding, bankers say. All farm income shoring up farmers. California ag contributes $264 billion in sales. U.S. Agriculture and Natural Resources has released a comprehensive economic report tallying up the direct and indirect values for nine sectors of California's working landscape. Four of those sectors are in agriculture and account for 85% of the business. The report goes far beyond CDFA's annual tracking of cash receipts, which was about $50 billion last year. UCANR found instead that ag generated $263.5 billion in total sales in 2018 and employed 1.2 million people, processing top the sales income category at $113 billion. Expanding the benefits beyond rural California, agricultural processing also generated $30 billion in sales and 63,000 jobs in the Los Angeles and Orange County region and $25 billion and 58,000 jobs in the San Francisco Bay Area. For more on the report, look for the AgriPulse West newsletter in your inbox tomorrow. Environmentalists oppose Westland's water contract. The Department of Interior is drawing criticism for how it is implementing a 2016 law for converting long-standing water contracts to repayment contracts. Environmental groups are raising alarms that the first contract with the department processed is for the Westlands Water District. Water contractors account for 22% of the Central Valley Project's contracted water. The largest among them is Westland's Water District, which has contracted water from the CVP since 1963 and renewed its contract several times. After Westland's, about 70 more water districts are also seeking to make their contracts permanent under the Water Infrastructure Improvements for the Nation, or WIN, Act. An attorney with the National Resources Defense Council called the Westland's contract a sweetheart deal. In a statement Friday... Barbara Berrigan Perilla, the director of Restore the Delta, said, This corrupt water giveaway is undermining the voluntary agreement process being led by the Newsom administration. While Interior Secretary David Bernhardt was not involved in drafting the contract, the Associated Press suggests the decision came from the Interior Secretary, who is a former Westlands lobbyist. The L.A. Times writes that the contract would allow Westlands to make lucrative water sales to thirsty cities and other agriculture agencies, though the paper acknowledges no evidence supports this argument. The Bureau of Reclamation has extended the public comment period to January 2020. And on that note, Attorney General Xavier Becerra announced Friday the state has settled a lawsuit with the Westlands over raising Shasta Dam. The project would have added 80,000 acre feet of storage to the reservoir. The agreement bars Westland from entering into a contract with the federal government to study the impacts of the project. Under pressure from Becerra and the environmental groups, Westlands withdrew its plans last month for an environmental impact study on raising the dam. Remember, in the 2016 Win Act, California Senator Dianne Feinstein and Kevin McCarthy, the Bakersfield Republican who was then the House Majority Leader, had allocated $20 million to raise the dam. 
both the Newsom administration and Westlands are also involved in the voluntary agreements, a process the governor has touted as a way to avoid contentious legal battles like this one. Lenders report declining U.S. farm profits. The latest survey of the nation's agriculture lenders suggests the farm economy is showing little sign of improving, though many growers are holding their own. According to the annual survey released at the annual Agriculture Bankers Conference in Dallas, lenders say that just over 57% of their farm borrowers are profitable this year. Some 82.5% of the lenders said that profits are falling and that the decline is consistent across the country. But lenders expect 56% of their borrowers to remain profitable through 2020. Those figures were comparable to what lenders reported in 2017 and 2018. The farm profitability picture remains tight in 2019, and ag lenders see that come through their customers' financials, according to Jackson Takish, chief economist for Farmer Mac. Dairy, grains, and cattle continue to be the sectors of biggest concern to bankers. Off-farm income critical to ag economy. Nathan Kaufman, lead economist and vice president of the Kansas City Fed, says persistently stable land prices, billions in trade mitigation payments, low interest rates, and a long-term buildup of wealth from the good times have all helped U.S. agriculture weather the trade wars and stagnant commodity price. Another factor preventing conditions from getting worse in farm country, the strength of the U.S. economy in general, which has boosted employment opportunities for farmers. Off-farm income has played a substantial role in mitigating on-farm difficulties, Kaufman told attendees of the American Bankers Conference. What's next? Well, Kaufman said farmers and bankers would be forced to take a close look at their operations if there's any change in those factors that have been propping up the farm economy. If and when one of these items changes, he said, mentioning interest rates, trade payments, and land values, you will want to be thinking how it affects agriculture and how it affects your version of agriculture. Fate of China talks and tariffs remains unclear. President Donald Trump will be talking to the Economic Club of New York today and will be looking for fresh hints about progress in the trade talks with China. At the end of last week, he was throwing into question his willingness to lift tariffs on China and the ability of negotiators to finish a partial phase one trade deal this year. Trump, when asked by reporters on Friday when the two countries would sign the pact, he said, well, let's see what happens, okay? We'll see what happens. China insists at least some tariffs be lifted by both nations, but Trump has been noncommittal. Congress back in action with USMCA, spending up in the air. Impeachment will be dominating news out of the nation's capital between now and the week of Thanksgiving. The public hearings kick off tomorrow, but Congress has other critical business, too. Lawmakers will have to take action to avert a government shutdown next week. The continuing resolution that's currently funding the government will expire November 21st. Lawmakers are expected to take up a new CR to run into December. House Democrats also continue to promise that they're closing in on a deal with the White House on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. There's hope of getting a deal done before Thanksgiving, which would trigger trade promotion authority procedures for potentially considering the USMCA implementing bill in December. For more, read our Washington Week Ahead. Study. Health, climate, diet, too expensive. 
a diet that was promoted as a way of improving global health as well as helping to address climate change would be unaffordable for nearly 1.6 billion people worldwide, that according to a new study. Researchers at the International Food Policy Research Institute and Tufts University looked into the recommendations of the EAT Lancet Commission and found the most affordable diet the panel recommended would cost a global median of $2.84 a day. Nearly one-third of that cost was due to prices for fruits and vegetables. Nuts and legumes would account for about 20% of the cost. A report released last January by the EAT Lancet Commission said the average diet needs to double fruit, vegetable, nut, and legume consumption and cut red meat consumption in half. How they did it? Well, the IFPRI and Tufts researchers analyzed the cost of recommendations by comparing retail prices from 2011 for 744 foods in 159 countries. Here's today's She Said It. I can assure you that no one cares more about providing safe and nutritious product than the farmers themselves. That to Lair County Farm Bureau Director Tricia Stever-Bladder in an op-ed criticizing the state's Prop 65 label on glyphosate. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Tuesday, November 12th. Brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Dowling.